0: Title of my message is that Thankful People Are Happy People. Yeah. <laughs> Unthankful people are grumpy people. <laughs> and all the happy people said <laughs> First Thessalonians five eighteen, if you have your Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5 18. Give thanks to the Lord, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. We can close in prayer now. (laughs) Honestly, that's all that needs to be said. Y'all with me? Yeah, fake you out. All you feel like, Oh, we can go eat breakfast. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want you to feel like you got your money's worth. So I'm going to preach to you for a second. There was a the fa- there was a father of a very wealthy family, and he had a son, and he wanted to take his son uh, and let him experience what it was like uh, to live poor. So he took him to a farm with with uh, where it was. They were considered very poor people. Spent a couple of days and nights there at the farm, and and he just felt like that was a good thing for the boy. And on the trip home, he asked his son. He said, "How was the trip?" And he said, "Oh, Dad, it, it was a it was a great trip." He said, and the father said, "Well, did you see how poor people live?" And the the son goes, "Oh yeah, I sure I sure did." He said, "Well, tell me." Tell me about it. He says, what did you learn from the trip? And uh, the boy said, well, I, I, I saw that we have one dog, and they have four dogs. He <laughs> said, so we have a pool that reaches the middle of our garden, and they have a creek that doesn't have an end. He yeah. said, so we have imported lanterns in our garden, and they have all the stars at night. It says, our patio reaches to the front yard, and they have a whole horizon." We have a small piece of land to live on, and they have fields that go on beyond what you can see. We have servants who serve us, and they serve others. We buy food, but they grow theirs. We have walls around our property to protect us. They have friends to protect them. The boy's father was speechless. Then his son said, Thanks, Dad, for showing me how poor we are. Yeah. <laughs> Being thankful really is about perspective and, and, and how we see life and the lens that we look through when we're trying to navigate through decisions and through, through life's hardships always challenging give thanks and then it says this this is the will of God if you ever wondered what the will of God is for your life when I was growing up I was like oh God what do you want me to do what do you want me to do I have the answer for you give thanks well, because thankful people can actually hear from God better than unthankful people Thankful people will be closer to God because they understand that there there is a solution to every problem. Analyzing data from over 3.7 million reviews for 13,400 hotels in 70 countries reward experts has set out to answer where the grumpiest and happiest travelers in the world have come from. (laughs) Inquiring minds, wanna know. So the grumpiest people come from Spain. If you've ever been to Spain, you probably. Spain, second one was Ireland, the third one was Iceland, and the fourth was Italy. And the happiest people came from Russia, (laughs) Serbia, Lebanon, Australia, and the USA. They made it in the top ten. They didn't say where they came from. We barely made the cut. (laughs) So a study done by UCLA Neuroscience Department found that the number one choice that allowed people to live happy was to have a grateful, thankful attitude. As we continually are thankful, it releases two happy, healthy chemicals, serotonin and dopamine, into our brains, the things that are good. As a matter of interest, that some study found four things that made people happier and able to get through hard times. The one, one, number one was labeling or recognizing negative feelings. We're just going to slow down here a minute for everybody. Recognizing negative feelings. My name is Randy Weaver, and I can be pretty negative sometimes. Anybody with me? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of in confession here. I mean, we're not Catholics, but we're confessing right here. <laughs> sometimes I get more negative than I need to be. My wife knows that because I don't get negative around other people so much as I do around people that I'm real close to. So being thankful, so when we're negative, that thankful button should be pushed and we should bleed over into being thankful because it'll help us to be happier. So the, the second thing that uh, uh, will help us through hardships is making decisions when faced with decisive choices. Being thankful will help you make good choices. Did you know that when complaining, grumpy, people don't generally make real good choices because they're complaining and grumpy? I didn't get that in the Greek or anything. I made that up. But, but this 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 study t- showed us that when we're faced with decisions to make, thankful people make better decisions uh, in helping others. And the fourth one was, was uh, that... Uh, what helps us make de- better decisions is human touch. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, through the COVID thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, distance, social distancing. But this tells me that. We were created as relational people and we were created to need each other and to have human touch in a healthy way. You say amen to that. Yeah. So, giving thanks is the will of God. It says, Give thanks. This is interesting. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Woo, woo, woo. That's tough. Not thanks for all circumstances, but thanks in all circumstances. Like, like, for instance, like if your dog dies, you go, man, thank you, Jesus, my dog died. No, that's not what it's saying. You're not thankful that your dog died. You're thankful that God is with you through the death of your dog. In all things, in some of the things. So this is, this is like the discipline that brings happiness and joy. The discipline is in all things, give thanks. Why? Because God said he would never leave you, that he would be with you in all things. So we always have something to be grateful for because God said he'd never leave you or forsake you, that he'd be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In all things. See, it's easy to ask for things when we have needs, but, when, but what do we teach our kids when they receive something? What, 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 what do we tell them to say? Right. Thank you. And by the way, that's something that I think is, is more prevalent in the South. Is the respect and yes, sir, yes, ma'am, that's part of why we wanted to move down here. But we got people watching all over the world. But I'm just saying that that honor and respect for adults and for moms and dads it bleeds over into respect for dads. So, parents, when you teach your your, your children to be respectful. What you're doing is, is giving not only yourself a gift, but you're giving your kids the gift of relationship with God because he is to be reverenced. Amen? Yes. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Say thank you. There was, a, there was a mom and her little boy went to the supermarket and the grocery store owner was there and he <coughs> gave the little boy a orange. And the little boy's mama said, uh, oh, what do you say to the nice man? And the little boy handed it back to him. He said, peel it. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. When Jesus was here in Luke 17, it talks about uh, Jesus healing the lepers. Leprosy was a contagious. Is a contagious disease. The leprous person, uh, who has the disease, was told to wear torn clothes and and let the hair let their hair hang loose and <clears throat> to cover their upper lip. And as they walked through town, to say unclean, unclean. And uh, it was, they, they were commanded to live alone. And his dwelling shall be outside the camp. They were outcasts. Many believe that leprosy was a punishment from God <clears throat> because it was an incurable disease at that time. But then, thank you, baby. But then Jesus came. I'll just hang on to it. <laughs> but then Jesus came. And Jesus shook up the modern world. We talked about that last week. But, but instead of making the lepers stay at a distance, Jesus closed the distance Instead of have they had what they were, their own type of social distancing back then. But Jesus closed the gap because he knew he was and is and will always be the healer of the lepers. The healer of the outcasts. The ones who just don't fit in real well. Jesus closed the gap. Can you say thank you for that? Hmm. So the 10 lepers, 10 lepers came to Jesus and they cried out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Isn't it funny? I have a, being a preacher, you have a lot of people come to you when they have problems. But like when the problems subside, it's like, where'd they go? (laughs) He said, Jesus, have mercy on us. So Jesus had mercy on them and he healed the 10 lepers. He said, go and show yourself to the priest because that's the way they could have permission to come back into society. And so all the other nine lepers just took off. But one leper came back to Jesus and said, thank you. And Jesus said, weren't there nine others? But only one came to say thanks. What that tells us is that not everybody's going to buy into the sermon this morning. Amen. <laughs> one out of ten. Just make sure you're that one. Yeah. Just make sure that you're that one who walks away from here with a thankful heart. Because just by being here today, you have been given a gift of the presence of God. You've been in the presence of God. And that's something to be thankful for. <laughs> Not everybody gives thanks. It's just not everybody's deal. There's a farmer, and he, asked, he was asked to dine with a uh, well-known gentleman. And while he was there, he, uh, he asked a blessing on the, te- on the food, as he was accustomed to do it at his, at his home. And the, his host said, that's old-fashioned. It's not customary these days to, for well-educated people to pray before they eat. The farmer responded with, with him. He said, well, with, with me, it's customary. Uh, and then he prayed and but he said, the farmer said, but there are some, some of those at my farm that, that, are, that are not grateful and they don't pray over their food. And the, the old gentleman said, well, they're, they're sensible and they're enlightened then if they don't do that. He said, Well, who are they? He said, My pigs. <laughs> we sing the song, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates. You want, listen, you want to be in the presence of God? Be thankful. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. You see, God inhabits the praises of his people. And let me tell you something. Thankful people are worshipers. Thankful people get it. And they understand that they have much to be thankful for. Sometimes, yes, sometimes giving thanks is a sacrifice. Sometimes it is. It's easy to focus on what we need next what we don't have, rather than focus on, on what we do have. In Acts chapter 16, Paul uh, Paul uh, was on a mission, and uh, he saw a vision uh, for a man from Macedonia to go to it's where Greece is, and he asked asked them to come and help him, and so. Uh, he went to Macedonia and there was a lady that, that gave her heart to the Lord there named Lydia and she brought him into their home and took care of them. Uh, and while they were going and while they were staying there in verse 16 it says once when they were going to the place of prayer we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Once while we were going to a place of prayer. Is it any of you married people out there ever get in a fight on the way to church? You ever get it? Uh, that's what I brought it up. I mean, we didn't do it this morning, but we have in the past. I can not figure out why y'all was laughing. For those of you watch online, my wife raised her hand. But it's something how you can get a phone call or the cows can get out, or you, there's just always something that can happen on the way to church. It's easy to get sabotaged on the way to church. So Paul was going to pray, and they were met with a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money <coughs> for her own for her owners by fortune-telling. She showed Paul and the rest of us. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. Ha! Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. So here's here's a fortune teller. And she said, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she was saying the right things. But for the wrong reason. Even the right message can be annoying if it's delivered in the wrong way. You can be right with the wrong attitude and still be wrong. (laughs) You can be so holy that nobody wants to be around you because it comes out the wrong way. It's not enough. Y'all, please listen. And this is mostly for, for old uh, people who have been in church forever. <laughs> you know, they used to talk about being, G- Jesus said, this is the way. And some lady come up and she says, I've been in the way for 40 years. And your preacher said, yeah, I know. I'd rather be wrong, honestly, with the right attitude than right with the wrong attitude. That wasn't in my nose, but it's true. Doing things for God to further your kingdom rather than God's kingdom, promoting people or self over Jesus is not what he's called us to do. So it says, she kept this up for many days. And then verse 18, it said, finally, everybody say finally. Finally, finally Paul came so, became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged him into the marketplace to face authorities, and they brought them before the magistrates. These are Jews, they're causing an uproar. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods after they had been severely flogged, severely. You know what that means in the Greek, right? Severely, it means severely. (laughs) Flogged. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. Stay right there. About midnight, I think we can all agree that Paul and Silas had a bad day. It's a tough day. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. About midnight, and other prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> you know, people are watching you if you love Jesus. They're going to see how you handle tough times. They're going to, when, when it's really tough, anybody can live for Jesus in church. Like, I, like you look, look like you're just, everybody here looks really Christianized. <laughs> Y'all look like, hmm, just holy people. But when the hard times come, that's the challenge, amen? Amen. About midnight, they were praying and singing, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken at once. All the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Did you know that your chains will come loose when you worship. See, when you come to church and everybody up on the front raising their hand, and, and you're like, it must be nice to have the victory. It must be nice to, to have things going your way. Listen, just because I raise my hands doesn't mean everything's going my way. I raise my hands because I know Sooner or later, everything's going to go God's way, and I don't really care if it goes my way or not because it's not really about me anyway. <laughs> you see, here's the interesting thing. If you come to church for you, you came for the wrong reason. Amen. They won't tell you that at the foo-foo churches, though. <laughs> they make it all about you. But what we do here, we make it all about God. And when we And I say this, and I'll be saying this till I die. You might get tired of hearing me say it, but I really don't care. This is not about us. It's all about him. We come for him, and then he'll make it about us if we make it about him. Thankful people. Talking about thankful people. What amazing results happen when we give thanks. While worshiping, it wasn't really about their location at all. It wasn't about their circumstance at all. You can be, you don't have to stay in church to sing hymns to God. You don't have to stay in church or be in church to worship. It's nothing. Now they got... Sure, sure, sure. I know what you may be thinking. You may be thinking, yeah, but they got whipped with rods and beaten and putting shackles and and all that. Well, that wasn't right. It's not right for Christians to have to go through stuff like that. That just doesn't seem right. Tell that to Jesus. Tell it to him. We've, we, none of us have been crucified yet. Yeah. None of us have been whipped like this. And you, you see, they counted, they counted it a privilege to be, even Peter, when they hung him on the cross, he says, I'm not worthy to be hung the way that Jesus was hung. And they hung Peter upside down on the cross, and he counted it as worthy to be a part of the the family of God, no matter what happened to him, he had a thankful heart even while he was being crucified. This This doesn't work in our culture today. We gotta change our perspective. Perspective is everything. It's hard to understand why some things happen, but our attitude through them our attitude through them is vital to the outcome because in the middle of it your attitude can have a great outcome from a terrible situation if you have the right attitude receiving the unseen is not easy having faith not seeing the results of something in your life it's not easy Most Christians find the cross of Christ easier to accept than the spirit of Christ. Y'all stay with me. Good Friday makes more sense than Pentecost. Christ, our substitute, Jesus taking our place, the Savior paying for our sins. These are astounding yet embraceable concepts. They fall in the area of transaction and substitution, familiar territory for all of us. We can relate to that. But the Holy Spirit discussions leads us into the realm of the supernatural and the unseen. We grow quickly quiet and cautious, fearing that we can't see, fearing what we can't see or what we can't explain. It helps to consider the Spirit's work from this angle. What Jesus did in Galilee is what the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. Jesus dwelt among the people, teaching and comforting and convicting them in the same way the Holy Spirit dwells in us, teaching us, comforting us, and convicting us just as we dwell in our homes and in our churches in this world, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. We have to embrace the Holy Spirit in us, God in us, and Accept the cross and accept what Jesus did on the cross. But he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you the Holy Spirit who will comfort you and teach you all things. And I'm thankful this morning that God sent the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us. God, the Holy Spirit, is here this morning. I'm thankful for that. Thankfulness. So last deal here is... Thankfulness, make it a lifestyle, not just a season. Just because it's Thanksgiving season, I think we have this season to remind us that we, this is a year-round thing. First Thessalonians 5.16, this is the rest of it. It says, rejoice always. Does that convict anybody? If you think about it, rejoice always. Oh, I'm convicted by that. Because there's times when it's easier for me to rejoice than other times. Paul and Silas rejoiced when it was terrible. Not because of their circumstance, but because God was with them. So it says, rejoice always. <coughs> I might have to play that video in that next service. And after it says, rejoice always, it says pray continually. When do we pray? Continually. It's a good word, isn't it? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a hollering guy whenever things go good. I mean like when, when we're down there roping and somebody ropes the steer, and does a good job, I'll holler at him. and sometimes when I rope the steer and, and on those occasions when I catch him, I, I holler a little bit and, and uh, <clears throat> when I cut my thumb off, we were down here in the arena and I hollered and nobody did anything. Nobody did nothing, <laughs> and and I'm like, hey, I just cut my thumb off. Huh? Well, you're always ho-. this is what they told me. They, later on they said, well, you're always hollering anyway. I just we just thought you were just hollering. When we're worshiping, I th- I think it's important for us to rejoice always and and the first words out of my mouth after I rejo- after I said that I said Jesus help me cuz that's the prayer that whenever we're having problems that's why he's there with us no matter if we're in the arena or out on the lake or wherever we're at i mean it, jesus is always there with us and we can always always go to him rejoice always and pray Continually, man, that's good, that's good stuff. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Matt Matt Redmond's song, beautiful song, blessed be your name. When I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, Blessed be your name. <laughs> it's a great word. So there was a Sunday school teacher, and he was teaching his kids about going to heaven, <clears throat> how important it was to. To make heaven their home, and, and he, these little kids, and he, he said, if I sold my house and I sold my car and I sold everything I had, would that get me to heaven? And the little five-year-old class kids, they, no, no, no. <clears throat> he said. Well, what if I cleaned the church and I mowed the lawn and I kept everything clean at church? Would that, would that get me to heaven? They're like, no, 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 no. Went through a couple of other things and, and the, the teacher by this time, he was like, man, my kids, they got it. So he asked the question. He said, well, how do I get to heaven? Little five-year-old boy said, you got to be Dead. What he, what that little five-year-old boy said is true. This is, this is, this is, ah, ah, Lord, help us to say it right. Help me say it right. The apostle Paul said this. He said, I die daily. What he was talking about was dying out to his own will. When we're baptized, we're baptized into the family of God, but what we're doing, we're saying, God, not my will. Just what Jesus said. You remember what Jesus said when he was on the cross, right? He said, not my will, but thine be done. You see, when we accept Christ as our Savior, what we're saying is, and this, this is a hard thing. We're saying, not my will, but thine be done. In other words, my will has to die and if you want to go to heaven y'all come on with me you gotta you you gotta be dead but when we die out to ourselves we are never more alive than when, when we are alive in Christ and you see the frustration any don't raise your hand here but anybody get frustrated with life and frustrated with with Decisions that you make along the way and you're like, oh, I just don't get it. Be thankful for this is the will of Christ, will of God in Christ Jesus and rejoice always and pray continually. And what he's saying is, is no matter what your circumstances, don't let your circumstances dictate your future but die out to yourself and become alive in Christ because your DNA, you were created to be alive in Christ. And Jesus said this. He said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. You heard me say it before. We've had a jillion funerals. And I'm like, we got a lot of people dying around here too. But the people that are dead really aren't dead. And and this is a spiritual concept that it's tough for us to grasp in the natural. Because we have to think in the spirit instead of just thinking the natural. And that's the reason. Make no mistake. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. In other words... We have to trust him in things that we don't understand. And when things go wrong, if we can be thankful and be in prayer and thankful that God is with us and give thanks in all circumstances, we can be victorious over any and everything. Somebody come with me here. I said we can be victorious over anything and everything in our life. Because it's not about what we want anymore, because that's already dead. Oh, goodness, that's tough on us, isn't it? But when God has His way, then all of a sudden we have peace and we have confidence and we have trust. And then God changes our heart and we're at peace. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. The, the truth is, is that we've all sinned and we've all messed up. Everybody in this room's messed up. Uh, and, and, and come short the scripture says it this way we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God the glory that God has for us we've all come short of that but Jesus made a way where we could have access to him where we could have peace in the middle of tough circumstances so this This morning, if you've never accepted Him as your Savior, maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for Him, I'd like to give you that opportunity this morning simply by raising your hand. Say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make Him the Lord of my life. We have a Bible. want to put it in your hand. Sip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. I need to make God the Lord of my life. Let Him into my life. Sip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. Anybody. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Anybody. Yeah. Yep, thank you. Thank you over there. Appreciate that. Anybody else preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. Yep, thank you. Bless your heart. I'm so proud of you. Anybody else preacher, that's me. Before we move on, it's the greatest gift you'll ever have. There's no, it's not like late night television trying to sell something to you. This is, this is eternal life. and you, we, None of us are good enough to buy that. It's a gift of God, not by our works. It's a gift. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, bless your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Put your hand down. Anybody else? we to move on. It's a great, great privilege. The Holy Spirit's still helping us to come to him. I'm thankful for that this morning. If you raise your hands, I want you to look up at me. Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? If you raise your Yep. Yeah. Come on up. Back over here. Come on. Yeah. Come up, Come on. We'd love to have you. Thank you. It's a beautiful day. Over here. Yeah. Thank you. Bless your heart. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for you. Y'all stay here. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you. Look at you. Bless you. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Now look here. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, that he's alive, that we'll be saved. And So I want to help you pray, but you have to believe in your hearts, okay? Okay, let's just pray. Just repeat after me. Y'all help us. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for for my sins. sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible to pray, Pray. show up for church, church. and get baptized. baptized. I love you, Jesus. Jesus. Teach me to love you more. more. In Jesus' name I pray. pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so proud of you, girls. Bless your heart. Yeah. So look here, go visit these guys over here for just a second. Thank you so much. Y'all are so sweet. Y'all stand with me, please. Beautiful. Wonderful beautiful that's so cool aren't you glad you came to church this morning man we'd have missed out on something I want to just one simple question how many needs to be more thankful pray continually and, uh, and rejoice always I want to pray for you. Raise your hands. Let me pray for y'all. Lord, I thank you for everybody here. We just raise our hands in complete surrender to you, knowing that you do all things well. We surrender our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls to you. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, to rejoice always and to pray continually and to give thanks in all things, knowing that you are here with us, that you'll never leave us, never forsake us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless y'all. We sure do love you. Have a great, great week. We have our prayer team up here if you need special prayer. Love to have you. God bless you.